With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing well. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Should be! The Nuggets are up two games to none. Uh, Jamal Murray, an incredible fourth quarter. LeBron James had some LeBron James uh, 38 moments. We'll get to that. Mike Malone making some weird comments. Um... I want to start with LeBron. Is that okay? Yes, yeah, the Doug Gottlieb show. Let me check. Hold on a second. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, okay. I but what if I twisted the way you look at it? Because today, today, right? We steal from Mike Malone. The narrative is: Why does LeBron shoot all these threes? Why is he just shooting threes? Change his drive in there. He can just dominate every time. Why is LeBron just shooting out these threes? Yeah, he looks tired. LeBron James losing the ball on a dunk or missing a layup is unacceptable. Right? I don't even know what Skip's saying. Right? Probably something about not having the clutch sheet. Although, he's done kind of a 180 on LeBron. Really, really weird. Here's the reality to it. Okay? The reason that Steph Curry is so unbelievably likable is not just the fact that he 
plays with a smile on his face, um, or, you know, the chewing on the mouthpiece, or the fact that he seems like a good dad, so does LeBron. Interaction with his kids, so does LeBron. Wins championships, so does LeBron. Wins MVP, so does LeBron. I think a good portion of it is, even though, I mean, like LeBron, never knew his dad, you know, basically left home as a teenager, saw great success for his local pro team, goes to Miami, wins two titles, come back, wins a championship for, for Cleveland, now is out in L.A., wins a championship. Like, LeBron has done a lot of stuff. And yet, not seemingly as beloved as a Steph Curry. And why is that? Like, where Steph Curry, I mean, I don't want to say born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but it definitely was not a spoon bought at Walmart. Right? Steph Curry's a private school kid, went to a private school in college, you know, and the, the rules changed, really helped him out, and he's able to just shoot threes. And, like, look, we're being critical of LeBron. Granted, he's not as good a three-point shooter as Steph Curry, but it's the, no one ever says to Steph, like, you should drive in more. We hold it against him because if a linebacker was somehow, you ever seen uh, play a video game where you can make a player a giant instead of the regular size guys? That's what LeBron looks like, right? He's 6'9", 6'8", 260 pounds. He's built like a you-know-what brick house, right? He doesn't look, he looks like an X-Men more than he looks like a human being. There's a Marvel character that played basketball, it would be LeBron James. So a good portion of why we love Steph is not just that he has fun, he smiles, he shoots threes, he's creative, he does something in a way in which we haven't necessarily seen done and be successful with in the NBA before. That's part of it. But a good portion of it is kind of looks more, he, Steph's not, a, he's not tiny, right? He's not an NBA, he's not Isaiah Thomas, little Isaiah Thomas, the left-handed one. He's not 5'9", five, 5'10". Like he's 6'2", 6'3". But compared to these giants, it looks like a looks like one of us. And a lot of us are like, if I can play in the NBA, that's how I like to play. Where I just get to run around, go one-on-one, shoot a bunch of threes. But what I've noticed is, okay, what I've noticed is that um, I've noticed that LeBron James at 38 looks like a human being for the first time ever. This is a human thing to watch a guy who he never miss a dunk. Ball never slip out of his hands. Heck, even late in the game when they're down five and they trap Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray spits it up and he goes and he misses a layup. You're like, are you kidding me? People being critical of him shooting threes. Like, have you ever watched most 38-year-olds when they go play pickup ball? It's three-point line to three-point line. He actually looks like a human being. Granted, the exoskeleton is that of a Marvel character. But the reality is, in the context of an NBA superstar at the NBA's highest level, a guy who we didn't know had any sort of physical flaws before. Right now he's struggling to catch his wind. 
You know, he's missing shots he could make in his sleep. He's the ball slipping out of his hands on an, on what it's an easy dunk. Last night was the Drago moment. Remember Drago's fighting Rocky. And he's just bigger, stronger. He killed Apollo. Sorry, that's a spoiler alert, right? But, I mean, you have to have actually not watched anything regard, revolving around Rocky over the last 40 years to not know what happened in Rocky Four. Anyway, Drago, he hits Drago and cuts Drago, and he's a man. He's not a machine. He's a man. That's what I saw with, Le- with LeBron James last night. I remember when I turned um, 30 years old, I used to play uh, pickup basketball every day at lunchtime when I was at ESPN for three days a week at St. Joe's College. St. Joseph's College is that's where Jim Calhoun coached before he retired. I think they're going Division One, and it's in West Hartford. Cool little gym. Uh, Donnie Marshall, of course, works for us at Fox and calls games and is great at it. He uh, Andre he'd bring Andre Drummond there sometimes just in high school and there was all these old guys we played with and look it wasn't good basketball but it was consistent like literally every Monday Wednesday Friday those guys were there and they would play for two hours at lunch and you would get a good sweat and I turned thirty and I stopped playing professionally at twenty six and I took some time and you know when you stop playing you kind of push the game away a little bit and then oh my God you miss it and then you kind of try and play all the time. So I was at that play all the time and I'm, you know, like still kind of in my athletic prime. But when I got to 30 or maybe even it's probably a little bit later, probably 34, 35, all of a sudden I started pulling my hamstring. Yeah, everybody get to that. I didn't move like a regular 30 year old because I wasn't a regular 30 year old. Like I was a professional athlete trained my entire life to play professional basketball. So I moved at a different way, a different level than everybody except for Donnie. He's a little bit older than me, you know, or Andre Drummond or whatever. But all of a sudden, like most 30-year-olds, I blow a gasket every now and again. And the, the cycle was, you know, pull your hamstring, ice it, rehab it. You know, about a month later, you're back and you're running up and down playing. And then a couple months later, you pull it again. And you do that kind of over and over again. And it gets annoying. It wasn't until I did yoga that I, I seemed to navigate that. It's a lot better. But the point is that at every stage in life, your body tells you how old it is. He's different than the rest of us. But what I'm watching, that suddenly a guy, and remember, like LeBron James, think about this. When they beat the Spurs in game seven, that was after the Ray Allen three. What people forget is not only does game seven close, but the only two guys that had gas in the tank were Tim Duncan and LeBron James. Everybody else was too exhausted to play. Too exhausted. He, the, the story of LeBron is one of a guy who's kept himself in unbelievable peak physical condition for his entire career. He never had a major injury 
in the heart of his career. You can't say that for Tiger Woods. You can't say that for Tom Brady. You can't say that for Michael Jordan. You can't say that for Magic Johnson. You can't say that for Larry Bird. You can't say that for anybody. That's one of the reasons he's been able to be the picture of consistency is some of it's luck, but a lot of it is he's taking care of his body better than anybody else at that level, ever. But last night he's died. You know, he's like anybody else. He's playing an altitude. It's hard. You get tired. And when you get tired, you suddenly, you know, things that are easy. This is what happens one when you get old and two when you're playing an altitude. It's a real thing. And all of us that are older know it to be a real thing. And any of us that have played an altitude know it to be a real thing. And altitude affects you more as you're older. But I think we're looking at the story the completely wrong way. Instead of looking at it as LeBron James is a human being. We just go, it should drive the ball more. You know what happens when you drive the ball more? You get tired more because you keep contacting all those drives. And the more tired you are, the less you're going to make it. And then you can't guard anybody. And oh, yeah, by the way, because he's 38, he can't blow by guys the way he used to. But I don't look at any of that as a negative. I look at it as, can you believe how good he still is at 38 years old? How he's able to compete with these kids? Here's a, I I thought this was interesting. Here's the head coach of the Denver Nuggets after the win. Do you think this team's feeding off, you know, it's old school maybe, but right cliche, a chip on the shoulder or not? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Whatever we can use for motivation. I think a lot of our guys, to be honest, they may not admit this or not. You know, uh, you win game one of the playoffs and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest, that was a national narrative was, hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down 1-0, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nikola just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple-doubles now, third all-time. What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nikola. The narrative was about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what? We're going to go up 2-0. Do you think that narrative changes tonight? I don't care if it does, you know what I mean? Because we know our narrative in that locker room. We know that we're not done. We haven't done anything yet. All right, you got to win a game on the other team's home court if you really want to do something in the series. And we know how great that team is, especially on their home court. So uh, we're not celebrating. You know, this is not cause for celebration. This is a cause to continue to dig deep and find ways to be better. It's actually a really, really good take. I don't know. At the start, he was talking about some sort of, I think he was trying to motivate his team, you know, with the national narrative stuff. I don't, I don't get that. But the, the part at the end is the big part, which is doesn't matter anything until we, we, we win a game there. You win one of the next two, feels like it's over. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What up with your Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Um, I do want to get to Nuggets Lakers game two. Great atmosphere last night. And by the way, I love that we have somebody other than Russell Wilson to like focus on with the camera. Peyton Manning was there last night. Like John Elway's got to be at game five, doesn't he? Right, John Elway, maybe break out uh, some famous former Colorado Rocky. And we'll see if we get Matt Holiday on the horn, see if he wants to go there and, and, and sit courtside. He would. He loves hoops. Got to figure out some other kind of Denver uh, social elites to focus on other than just Russell Wilson, who's getting a ton of FaceTime. Peyton Manning looked like a kind of older white uh he is dad. older. Older he white, is white. Dad at the He game. is a dad. Like tucked in khakis. But that's who he, with, that's with who he is. Yeah, with the collared shirt. That's who he, like that's a Peyton Manning staple. I can't see you going tucked in khakis at a basketball game, Doug. But I'm also not Peyton's from the South. It's a little more proper, right? That's just how he rolls. That's none of that is that's the sheriff. But my look my look is universal. Okay, I wear I wear a T-shirt every day, and if I'm forced to wear pants, I'll wear some form of, you know, trendy-ish, but I won't be in the top of the, like, I think we've gone now back to the baggy jeans, which I'm like, damn, I had some good baggy jeans in college. We're back to that? I think so. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the skinny still exists, but I think we're working our way back. What's the best way to figure out what the... What uh, the hot jean um, styles? Ask Dan Byer. Uh, I was gonna that's say, true. Some of us never left. Some of us never left the, uh, you know, the uh, non-skinny jean era. Yeah. The, the bell bottom and the high waist is the women's <laughs> stuff. 
I don't know for men. I do think, and and the girls have gone back. They have the baggy jeans as well. I know my daughter's really into this store, Alice and Olivia. I guess is is my mic on? Am I on? Yeah, you're okay. On. All right, okay. Yeah. I just completely dismissed my uh, my wearing of baggy jeans. Has any team gotten more out of a quarterback for a lesser tenure than the Broncos and Peyton Manning? You don't even think of him as a Colts quarterback. It is. I know we've touched on this before on the show, but goes there for four years. What now lives uh, in Denver? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is. You're talking about getting all the pulp and juice out of that orange. Pretty amazing on how how that is turned. It's crazy to me. Yeah, 14 seasons in Indy, only four in Denver, and I still think he's seen as a cult. But yeah, I mean, because he lives in Denver. Um, they, they benefited greatly from yes, it. Yes, yes. Greatly any, from it. Is there any bad blood between him and the Colts? Didn't they ha- doesn't he have a statue for the Colts as well, or no? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I don't know if it's bad blood with I him. Don't think there's, I don't think there's bad blood. I, I think it just kind of worked out in Denver's favor. Huh. Like, Denver's one of those places where if you live in the suburbs, I mean, it's, uh, it's described to me by a lot of people as L.A. 30 years ago, where everybody's from somewhere else. You move there, like, man, this place is kind of awesome. Right, and you're living in the suburbs. You're living a good life. Now, I don't, I don't love the idea that you could have snow on the ground in like May, but they all go like, "Well, snow today, but tomorrow, 75." Like, yeah, but then it all melts. It's still, it's still snow. Uh, but the Front Range is is a place where, again, people who move there and live there, most of them love it. Yeah, and it, it's it. it's not meant to be a diss on the Colts. But in a weird way, it just kind of is. Yeah. Because of how much the Broncos in Denver have gotten out of him moving to that team. Uh, Jim Brown passed away at the age of 87 today. Uh, Last hour, I kind of listed for you some of what made an incredible, incredible life. This is Jim Brown from his A Football Life on the NFL Network. I'll tell you why I'm the way that I am. It doesn't start on the field. It starts as a person. I was dealing with race since I was born. And in my inner self, my strength was unbending when it came to accepting that BS, racial discrimination. Because I was never gonna let anybody make me feel that I was not top shelf. And that was the battle that raised and I could use a lot of that on the field. Yeah, there's the famous, uh, and again, I, I'm I'm getting to the, Richard Pryor had that famous, had this famous bit about him where he said, you know, Jim Brown was rushed for 200 yards when they wouldn't block for him. And they'd step on his hand, and he'd just get up and say, that's going to cost you 100 more yards, right? So a, a, a breakthrough athlete, an amazing story. Um, are you a Dirty Dozen guy, Um John Ramos, you're a, you're our cenophile. You a dirty yes. dozen guy? Yes, yes, that's a very very good movie. Lee Marvin and of course Jim Brown, very good movie. I can Did, clean, clean Street was in that as well. I think he was. Or that I think that's where the Eagles dare. That's a different movie. So, but yeah, yeah. The the uh, dirty dirty dozen was uh, that was n- that was not. I don't think Clint Eastwood was in that one. No, I don't. I think you're. I think it was where the Eagles dare. Is was the was Clint Eastwood movie. I don't think Eastwood was in that one. <laughs> Lee, Lee Marvin, Lee, like I knew Lee Marvin from that movie and then uh, Paint Your Wagon. 
paint your wagon. Um, but the Clint Walker, not Clint Eastwood. You got the wrong Clint in there. <laughs> I think it was Clint Walker in there. Have you yeah. seen yeah. it right, John? Get your Clint. Buyer, have right. you seen? Uh, honest, and, and this is not. Have you ever seen Dirty Dozen? No. Uh, what about you, Jay Stu? I've never watched it. No, I know of Consider, it. Considered one of the all-time great movies. Considered by by many people. Yeah, it's one of those things where like you know about it. If you live and you pay attention, you know about the movie and the references. I just have never consumed it. You know, kind of like the Smiths with in music. You know, it's a uh, it's a oh, didn't somebody from the Smiths die today? You you tweeted about no Andy Rourke, their bassist passed away. Um, sadly to say, I hate that. You know, and and that kind of leads me to one of my pet peeves. Um, whenever two people die within a short window, um, you always hear that whole thing. You know, they say they die they, in they threes. They die in threes. And, and the third one's always a stretch. You know, it's always like, eh, okay. I, if we have to make this cliche work, we'll just kind of fit it in there. Andy Rourke is only 59 years old. What did he die from? Cancer. Yeah. That's terrible. That's terrible. I'll tell my daughter. You know, my daughter's a big bassist. She knows, but she knows all of them. But along those lines, I think we had this conversation on this show at some point. We were talking about Raquel Welch. You know, when he uh, when he did that movie with her and did a love scene with her, that was that was like groundbreaking. It was like shocking to the to our society that there was a mixed race love scene. It was a uh, it was it was quite a groundbreaking moment in cinema. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like. I and and I I am fully aware that I grew up in a place. You and I um, grew up in a place in Ramos too, where I think race in California in the eighties and nineties. Obviously, when you had the riots, but that was more police and the treatment of black people and abusive police. There's some of the stuff we saw a couple summers ago. Um. But in terms of our own racial kind of relationships with people, it's always been much more homogenous in California. Like I moved in California in 81 and but I like I didn't even did you guys know that like mixed um, marrying somebody of another race was illegal until I think the 70s, wasn't it? Like That's just crazy. It's like insane. That really happened. Uh, but Jim Brown is. He's one of those guys where, you know, do I know he would have been like a great running back in this era? I I, can't, I don't know, but he checks every box for a better, a more athletic Derrick Henry. Right. He was like 6'2", 230. And if you think, well, you know, they didn't catch the ball to the backfield. Like, well, he was a basketball player and he played lacrosse. So he obviously had incredible hand-eye coordination. It wasn't just an incredible specimen, and he would run through you, run around you. Like he checks up all the boxes. A guy that would be good in any era, any era. And then he walked away only nine years in, right? And how about the fact that he was a first-team All-Pro eight years in his ninth? That's incredible. I saw a note where um, he was—he's the first or the only non-quarterback to win three MVPs. In uh, in 1962, his career high uh, in receptions that year, 47th. Doug, that was tied for 18th in the entire league. He had 47 catches, and that was 18th. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, like this is like the he didn't catch the ball a ton, but he caught the ball more than any other running back, and stands the reason that he would evolve pretty good, right in this era. 
Yes. Yeah. There was only uh, there was only one other running back who caught more passes in the league, so he could do that skill. Hmm. Who's the? Here's a question. Who's the great football player of a previous era? Who you're like? I just I kind of wish I saw him so I could under so I could get it more. Like Jim Brown's probably that guy. Like I kind of wish I would have seen it live to totally get it. Anybody else have like honestly? Deacon Jones. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't hey, even Mr. think we appreciate like how good Reggie White was. Um, I think we were like we we're so in love with Lawrence Taylor. Yes. Um, and now you look back at Reggie White highlights. Um, not that he didn't get his acclaim, but I just you know when we're talking about you know I just think when you're talking about quarterback sacks, LT is you know is such a freak. Um, but to hear those guys talk about Deacon Jones. Um, that would be the one that I would want to see. One guy I think that you're a huge fan of is Steve Largent, right? And yes. Who would who would, would would Steve Largent be Cooper Cup today? Um. Gosh, you know, I, I it's funny because I just think like you know the the offenses are so catered towards the wide receiver. Um, and I don't think that tons were catered towards Steve Largent. Um, so I'm trying to th- like almost find a way where talking about squeezing out that orange, mm-hmm. you know, of what the Seahawks got with uh, with with that. But you know, that could be. I mean, he wasn't as big play as Cooper Cup was um, in r- the run after the catch. I would think so. Um. What about you, Jay Stu? Is there a guy, is there an uh, older football player you wish you would have saw, seen to get more, a clearer perspective on like what everybody's talking about? Yeah, I think Gail Sayers is that that guy. Oh, and, that's a good one. I think, didn't he, uh, what did he do? He did like six times in a game. He scored a touchdown. I think like four of them were kickoffs or something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah, he was a kickoff returner slash uh, running back. Only played a couple. He's kind of like the Sandy Koufax of the NFL. Like, well, really bad knee injury, right? Yeah, really bad knee injury, and that was back before they could really fix knees when they, when when you had catastrophic knee injuries. Uh, but Brian Song also kind of uh, made him, it made him resonate. What about you, uh, Ramos? I would say for me, Dick Buckus. Mm. That would be somebody that I. It's a good one. Uh, obviously, a great player, Hall of Famer, and kind of began the whole linebacker. Thought pattern. I'd kind of like to see. Uh, my understanding is those guys were just like vicious. Like they, there was no <laughs> no rules whatsoever, right? It was just like they would they they come across and like cut you with their with their arms, like they're just like your head, and it was just pretty brutal back then. So I Dick Buckets would be my choice. Mine would be Fran Tarkenton uh, because he feels like a modern era quarterback playing back in that era, right? Um, where he would he could run, he could throw, you know, he could make people miss. Like I've I've heard so many people talk about Fran Tarkenton, like oh you know Fran Tarkenton. I I, I would I would those old quarterbacks I would love to lo- love like you go kind of through them Johnny Unitas. Um, honestly, like I don't feel like I got when I loved Marino. I was a Marino guy back in the day. But I'm not sure people have a great appreciation for Dan the Man. They don't. They don't. He never had a running back. Now, here's a question about Dan the Man. Did he not have a running back because he didn't want to have a running back? <laughs> There's and, something to that, yeah. And he was so slow that you couldn't really put him under center, 
right? So he had to be out of the shotgun. But, like, dude, he used to get it and zip it, Clayton and Duper. I, I think Jim Kelly's much the same way because he didn't win a Super Bowl. But I, I think Dan, the man, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly, those guys, and, of course, there's a connection there with Jim, both from Western Pennsylvania. Uh, Jim Kelly played at Miami. And, of course, uh, Marino was the quarterback of the Dolphins. But, yeah, they – they didn't have if they didn't really have a great defense and they didn't have a running game, but they were out there slinging like how people play now. That's how they played then. It's funny because nowadays, Doug, it seems like all we hear about and we heard it with Lamar Jackson too is we're going to build our offense around the quarterback, right? That's what we hear a lot about now. Everything's going to be built around you. When you talk about Dan Marino and he just and uh, Jason just made a good point. I'm not sure if they tried to build the team so much around the quarterbacks back then. Like, maybe if Dan Marino was built around him, maybe they would have won the Super Bowl at some point during his career. Or Jim Kelly, even though they had Thurman Thomas. I mean, he was... but And Andre Risen, who's a Hall of Famer. Andre Reed, who's a Hall of Famer. And uh, what's his name? Smith on the other side. Yeah, but... I don't know. They had dudes on defense. I mean, they went to three straight Super Bowls. They they had an offense and a defense that ran the K-Gun. I don't know. I would... And they definitely four. built it around Dan Marino, huh? Yeah, four straight Super Bowls. Are you talking about the Bills? Yeah, Bills, yeah. four straight Super Bowls. Yeah. And, and the Dolphins, though, they only got to one Super Bowl. They were always in the playoffs. They, they were. They were actually a defensive team before Marino took over. They had the Killer Bees defense, and David Woodley was their quarterback when they lost to Washington uh, in the Super Bowl. Then Marino ends up taking over. Um, the next year as a rookie, and they were really good. The Seahawks actually knocked them off in the playoffs that year, and then Marino's second year, they go to the Super Bowl, but they're actually a defensive, you know, they had a good defense when uh, prior to Marino's time there. The, the, I mean, the, the two greatest Monday night football games I can ever remember was when they beat the Bears in 85, and then Favre when his dad died. Favre when his dad died. But, like, do you, do you guys remember that game at the old Orange Bowl and the Bears? I mean, the Bears did not lose a game the rest of the year. The Bears in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, like, the only controversy was they didn't give the ball to Walter Payton to score a touchdown. Like, the rest of the game was didn't yeah. meant, nothing about it. it at all. They were completely dominant. But one Monday night football game, Dan the Man Marino, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, um, they ended up beating him. That is, and, and it's interesting because I wonder what Marino's legacy would have been if they would have beat New England because they lost in the AFC Championship game. Sure. And we don't, I don't think we talk about that one as much as maybe we should. We just talk about their win in the regular season. But if we would have had that rematch, and that would have been, I think, I mean, we still reference Super Bowl 20 because of the dominance, but you talk about the great matchups to have that rematch of what could have been. What a crappy Patriots team, too. <laughs> yeah. They really choked that AFC title game away. Steve was it Grod- in the snow? Grogan? Groden? Grogan. Grogan. Yeah. Grogan. Well, he was in Miami. Snow? Yeah, he they didn't even start home. that game. It was Tony Eason that was oh, their quarterback. Yeah. Eason. Grogan yeah. played like the last quarter because they were down by so many points. Man. Um, all of this, by the way, if you're just joining us, you're like, why are they? We're talking about Jim Brown passing away, and we're talking about, you know, this is our childhood. Right. This is when we're all 85. I was I was nine. Right. It's like your formative years. Dan, you were like six. Right. Uh, I'm only a year younger than you. So, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. 
So you're like eight. I'm, I was nine. Um, Ramos was 23. <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> Jay Stu is a teenager. What middle school, Jay Stu? Uh, Brea Olinda or Brea. You have middle Brea school? Middle School as well? Yep. Wow. Wow. All right. I didn't know that. I didn't know you went to Brea and then Brea Olinda High School as well. Brea Olinda School District. I've never actually been to Olinda. I've only been to Brea. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Mark Dominic in four minutes? Four minutes? Um, We played for you early in the week, Joe Burrow, saying that uh, the one thing he's really looking for with this new contract extension is that his teammates get taken care of first. Of course, the teammates that he's talking about most are the guys who protect him and the guys that make plays, like a T. Higgins. Here's T. Higgins' reaction to what Burrow said. Joe was saying he's thinking about his contract, and he's also thinking of you and Jamar during that process. What does it mean to have a quarterback who looks at this that way? Man, it means a lot. Uh, you know, just having a guy, a leader like him, you know, looking out for guys like us and um, – you know, hopefully we can get something done. <laughs> the money is God's timing, man. At the end of the day, you know, I'm blessed to be in this position that I'm in to, to play the game I love and get paid for it. So, you know, I'm not going to rush rush things like that. And when it comes, it comes. Um, He didn't specifically say Jamar Chase. He didn't specifically say T. Higgins. It's assumed that's what he meant. So, again, a reporter kind of helping him out. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's part of what he meant. Also, it meant... it sounds really good <laughs> it just does sounds really good plays really good because what i asked when and i've asked multiple people we'll ask mark dominic about this 
Does that mean you take less money? Like, no, 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 no. Let's just get them handled first, and then you guys figure out how the cap works. I still want, you know, more money than Lamar Jackson's getting. Um, I so so my flaws in eating, guys, are. I, I, I'm going to share a story that I've never shared before in 20 years of national radio, and it's not going to surprise you. Except if you see me eat now. When I my flaw now is when I eat, I eat way too fast, which causes me to get the hiccups. Spicy food and eating too fast, I get the hiccups almost every time I eat something. But uh, I blame my mother and my father. When I was a when I was a kid, I used to um, I I used to eat too slowly because I would talk at the dinner table, just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and so it got to the point to where my mom would put one of those uh, kitchen timers. And if the buzzer went off and I hadn't finished, they would wrap it up and I would have to eat that for breakfast. So obviously I started eating a lot faster. Very believable, right? As much as I like that. Now I get paid to talk. So I found the job that, that, that suits me. Mark Dominic joins us. He's, oh, we got breaking news. Let's get to Dan Byer. Get some breaking news. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Doug, it is with a very heavy heart that I announce that Pro Football Hall of Famer Jim Brown has died at the age of 87. This news just coming through via the Associated Press within the last couple of minutes. Civil rights advocate, actor, and again, legendary football player Jim Brown has died at the age of 87. Um, In any conversation of the greatest athlete in American history, you can have Jim Brown. Remember, now he's a three-time MVP of the NFL, and of course was an all-time great uh, at Syracuse, but I believe he was an All-American lacrosse player too, wasn't he? Right? Yes. He, he, he played basketball, he ran track, and um, he was in lacrosse. He played basketball at Syracuse and averaged 15 a game. Uh, he placed fifth in the national championship decathlon, and he was a second-team All-American his in lacrosse his junior year the same year he averaged 11 points a game uh, on the basketball team he was so dominant that they changed the lacrosse rules that's a real thing um he was the how is he the sixth overall selection of the cleveland browns by the way he made those five other teams pay and he broke the single season record remember it was a 12 game season 12 game season in 1958, he rushed for 1,527 yards. You do the math. And if you want to know the level of dominance of Jim Brown, okay, when he set the mark, again, 12 games, 1,527 yards. The previous mark was held by Steve Van Buren. It had, it had been only nine years, right? The previous mark for most yards for a season, in a 12-game season, was 1,146 yards, right? So he beat it by more than 400 yards. He had 17 touchdowns in one season, which was a record. The closest to that record that year was eight by Raymond Berry, another Hall of Famer for the Baltimore Colts. Then he retired early, and when he retired, he held the single season and career rushing records, as well as the all-time leader in rushing touchdowns. Remember, this is only nine years, 12 games, 106 touchdowns. He was the first player to reach the 100 rushing 
uh, rushing touchdowns milestone. And few others have done it since. And by the way, when he retired, then he became an actor. And, um, uh, you know, he's many people, I think, now are much more aware of now just his political stances, how he was a civil rights advocate. And in the 1980s and 90s, he was the guy who the Crips and the Bloods went to to kind of calm the gang wars in Los Angeles. What a life. I mean, what a freaking life. What a freaking life. And and um, my, my dad used to, I don't know what, what your parents used to do on Saturdays sometimes with nothing going on. Like, like once you get past hoop season, you couldn't watch or the NBA game was over for the day. My dad used to listen to, and I still have them, Richard Pryor albums, LPs. And Richard Pryor was close friends with Jim Brown. And he tells the story of like he had a rubber brick and he threw a rubber brick at Jim Brown when Jim Brown was walking up his walkway. And he tells, you know, Pryor was an incredible storyteller. And he's like, that, that brick is midair. And you're like, I hope that brick ain't real. And Jim Brown ain't flinching anyway. But an incredible life. In any conversation of the greatest American athlete in the history of our country, you have to at least put him in that conversation. And in any conversation, the greatest running back, because you can't contextualize. That's why it's important to realize, okay, what does he look like versus Barry Sanders? Versus what does he look like versus Walter Payton? What does he look like versus Marshall Falk? Right. So you can't because totally different, totally different um, time era sport. But think about that. In a 12-game season, not only did he rush for over 1,520 yards, 1,527 yards, but the, the record he broke was nine years old, and it was 1,117 yards. It's crazy. Mark Dominic joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Jim Brown just passed away. Um, and I was, I was trying to convey to people, and like, look, uh, we're about the same age, right? You're a little bit older than me. Um, and so most of what we're dealing with, with Jim Brown is lore, but is it fair to say any conversation about the greatest running back and maybe greatest athlete in the history of American sports has to at least have Jim Brown in it? I do think, I do think that that's part of the conversation. I certainly agree, um, with the thought of one of the greatest running backs of all time, if not the greatest running back of all time. And, And the only way I can judge it is Doug is, you know, I've gone back and looked at old film just because I couldn't help myself to kind of say, like, what, how does he, like, what was it like? And if you have the chance to ever go back and look, it's, a, it's shockingly like men against boys. I mean, the way he was so powerful, so uh, strong. Again, I'm, I'm 52. I never saw him play live, but I went back and watched film on him because I was kind of curious, like, the greats, you kind of want to go back and take a peek at what, like, what made him so great. He had unbelievable balance and just pure strength. And so, you know, when we talk about, like, and I thought you did an example, you know, Marshall Falk or Barry Sanders or Walter Payton, you know, they all had different running styles. Jim Brown, he could run through you as much as he could run around you. Yeah. And just was a, a beast and a brute and just, uh, and then also just a, a real gentleman as well. And so, you know, an icon of pro football, but absolutely, it's kind of like, who's the greatest defensive end of all time? I don't know who's the great, you know, but I could give you some names. If you want to talk about running back, if you don't mention Jim Brown, 
then you don't know football history. Right. Yeah. That's my, my late father said, he, he said that, that exact same thing about Jim Brown. Like, he was, some guys could run over you, some guys could run around you and run by you. He could do both. He, he, could, he, he, could, he could do both. And, you know, a lot of these guys say they're leaving the sport for some greater cause. Yes, he went into acting, but he actually did leave the sport for a greater cause. Like, there actually was a, a, a reality to it. He actually uh, did what he said he was, he was going to do. Um, let, let's continue the conversation in regards to Cleveland. Uh, or in, excuse me, in regards to Ohio. Uh, Joe Burrow, he had a presser the other day. They asked him about his contract. He said, look, I don't really like it publicized. They don't really like it publicized. Well, is there one thing that you really want? I really wanted the guys to get paid. He doesn't mean he'd take less. He just means they got to get paid first and then work it out, right? It, it's, not, it's not I don't want to be the highest paid. It's I want to make sure the salary cap is right. Get those guys taken care of first. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> and I, and I want to believe I don't need to be the highest paid or, or something like that. But they've got a lot of good problems uh, in Cincinnati uh, with that receiving core that they have. And, you know, with T. Higgins being elite and obviously Jamar Chase elite as well. And then it was a good, uh, really you know, a legitimate and other number one in Tyler Boyd and when he has opportunities. You know, Joe Burrow's not going to leave a lot of money on the table, too. I mean, all these other clubs can find ways to make it work, you know, I, but I know that Joe will, will work with him. Joe's also going to come at it from a little bit of a different, I think, angle. He realizes he's negotiating number one against the Bengals and number two. He does have injury history that's real and uh, and that, that the Bengals will certainly bring up in negotiations, and that will hopefully – uh, maybe that'll you know change the number a little bit more towards uh, Joe saying, "Hey, look, I'm going to take this by the apple, and it might be 245 million or 255 million, not 261 million." But I don't think Joe Burrow's going to walk in there and say, "I'll do a five-year deal for 200 million because I'm going to try to make sure we keep all our guys." I just don't see that happening. Um, but I do uh, find it very encouraging that he feels like not only is he involved in the conversation, but there are conversations because. That is, as you may know, Doug, but that is probably the hardest team in the NFL to negotiate against. Yeah, it's it's now they do take care of their own though, right? Like Carson Palmer signed the biggest contract in league history. Of course, he got rolled up on by Kimo Van Ohoff in next play. So they they have taken care of their own in regards to quarterbacks in the past. Quarterbacks, yeah, I would say yes. I mean, we saw Jesse Bates had to play his way out of there. Uh, you know, they just they're only certain, and then Jesse Bates, and they, they made a decision. You know, they realized that we're gonna allocate X amount of money to this quarterback we have in these in these couple of receivers, so we can't keep an extra safety. We're going to have to let a safety like that walk. So they've obviously identified the core pieces, and no doubt that Joe's part of that, clearly. Uh, but T. Higgins is going to be, I think, part of that, and Jamar Chase will be part of that. Tyler Boardman, I don't think he'll be part of it when it all comes uh, together. But you can only afford, once you start looking at these quarterback contracts, I was just looking at Lamar Jackson's contract. In three years from now, his base salary goes from like $22 million to $51 million, just in base salary. $30 million jump, and that's the way these are structured. So, you know, you've got to be able to have the salary cap room, which means you're going to have to draft well, but you also can only assume or choose only a certain amount of players you can keep on your team because that's how you're going to be able to put it together when you start to pay a quarterback $50 million a year. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's uh, uh, the voice of Mark Dominic, of course, for his entire professional career, has been in the National Football League as a scout. Of course, worked his way out to being general manager of uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Tom Brady met with a bunch of these quarterbacks, and he said, "You know, don't doesn't matter where you're drafted. Like that sounds good, especially for a guy who was drafted in the sixth round, but it does stand to reason that 
if you're drafting the first round, you're very likely to play, and your lease is going to be shorter, and expectations, on the other hand, because of their level of investment in you, you're going to be given far more chances to succeed if you're taking the first round. It, it, and again, it feels like it sounds good and self-fulfilling prophecy for him, but the reality is where you're drafted does matter on some level in terms of the team's investment, doesn't it? It does, and I think you could do that at almost every position. You know, you get drafted first, second, third round, you're going to get a chance to start in this league, and if you can't do it, uh, you're going to get one more chance. You know, you get drafted fourth, fifth, sixth round, you're going to get a chance maybe to start in this league. You may get a chance, and if you don't do it the first time, you're probably not going to get another shot. That's how this league works, and, you know, for Tom, it's a great story, and yes, you know, for some players, it doesn't matter where you're drafted. You know, he had elite processing ability and, and certainly, uh, you know, the intelligence to just jump in there and be productive from week one. And, you know, we saw a little bit of that from Brock Purdy in terms of what he was able to do. And, you know, it didn't matter to him that he was Mr. Irrelevant. He went out there and played. You know, it is your ability. Uh, but it's also the amount, the higher you get drafted, the more times I'm going to give you a chance. I mean, I, I've drafted a corner in the third round one time, Doug, and it never worked out in the third round. Uh, and yet I gave him four years to see if he could finally make it. And after the you know, fourth training camp, it was like, we're going to have to let him go. He just can't do it. If that guy would have been, if I'd have drafted that same player in the fifth or sixth or seventh round, he'd probably been out in one or two years and not in. So that's just the reality of it. We try to give those guys opportunity. Uh, I like his message. I understand what his message is, but you know, to get out there and get a chance to play, you're going to have to prove something in practice every day as well. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by a couple of teams and how they react to change. Let, let's start with the Jets. Um, obviously, an engaged Aaron Rodgers is a really good Aaron Rodgers. But it's hard. And I know that Tampa did this, right, where you go through just cycles of losing. And, um, and, and, and you can, I guess, flip. I guess Tampa was able to flip it. We should tell the Tampa story correctly, though, right? Like, they had to go on the road in the playoffs. They had a soft schedule to end that first season. If not for the soft schedule, they might not make the playoffs. And then some things go for them, and they win those playoff games and get to a Super Bowl. My point is, how hard do you think it's going to be for Aaron Rodgers to come in and, um, like, I didn't realize the Jets have the longest playoff drought in the National Football League by, a, by five years. So yeah. you have you have a franchise where... Previous to this year, the expectation is for you to lose, right? When you get things get close, it's like Charger fans. Like you, you expect something to go wrong. Or when you buy a Jaguar, you expect it to end up in the shop. How hard is that to flip in, in one offseason? Oh, it's very hard. And, and I think the Jets actually, I think, are tied with all sports franchises in terms of the longest drought, which is an amazing thought. Uh, when you think about hockey, basketball, and baseball, that, that's hard to think that the Jets have been that long since they've been in the postseason. And it is a big flip. Now, the good thing that the Jets have is that they do have kind of a, you know, a lot of different levels of age on that team. It's not like it's just a bunch of young players and suddenly Aaron Rodgers walks in. You know, those players have got, you know, five, six, seven years of experience that are going to be walking around the locker room, which is going to be helpful for them to have a little bit easier transition. But, uh, you know, the difference is when Tom Brady, uh, jumped into Tampa, you know, they had a lot of huge pieces in place. Yes, they didn't have anybody that could consistently deliver the ball. I think the Jets are still trying to get all that in place. Like, I don't think their offensive line is a finished product. Uh, you know, I don't know if they uh, feel great about everything across the board the way I think Tampa did with the defense as well. And so, I, and I also think that uh, for where Buffalo is as a football team right now, the Jets still are the number two team. So they're going to have to work themselves through a wild card, uh, much like Tampa. And then also, 
uh, try to get that that ticket in the East, which I think they can. But you know, the the AFC is so loaded that when you start to think about seven teams that are going to make the postseason this year, you're going to leave out some really good teams, and you know that's how hard it's going to be. But I still think the Jets are good enough to get that ticket. And if you get Aaron Rodgers in the postseason, you got a shot. But I think it's going to be him making that commitment to be there as much as he can during these next OTAs and certainly the veteran minicamp. Uh, it's just him being there and being around the locker room so people can kind of, you know, feel him, respect him, and get the chance to really work with him and get his timing down as much as he is from a receiver or a running back spot as it is the offensive line in terms of where he likes to be and where he sets up and just kind of his feel in the pocket. Um, the Eagles are interesting, right? Like, everybody concludes their roster appears really, really good. Now, I don't know how you look at the schedules on paper. They had the easiest schedule percent win percentage-wise in the NFL last year. On paper, hardest schedule this year. They also lose both their coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinators. How much does that change your, your perception of how the Eagles will look? Because, again, new coordinators and much harder schedule, and they're everybody's biggest game now. Yeah, no, that, I think there's a lot of truth to all those things, and certainly a tough schedule, and I think that, you know, the NFC East is, is going to be really hard. I think everybody just kind of looks at the Washington Commanders and kind of discounts them, and I think they're going to get tough out every week, let alone what the Giants and, the, and I still think that the Cowboys might be the best team in the NFC based on, on paper for me today. So it's going to be a battle every week. Losing your play caller is a big deal, and, and it's a very hard thing. Well, there's one thing to sit there and say, hey, look, we're running the same offense. It's the same plays. Okay, great. You know, but it's not the same tempo. It's not the same call. It might be a different, uh, you know, third and two versus a, a different third and two just by stuff of, you know, the play caller's ability to do it. And we saw Nate Hackett. He went from Green Bay and unbelievable points with Aaron Rodgers because he knew Aaron Rodgers, knew what that, that offense was. He took it to Denver and Russell Wilson and just didn't mix. And so this is going to be one of those things where I think with Jalen Hurts, you know, you're obviously going to run out of the same playbook and you're hoping to call it back, but it is going to be something you're going to keep your eye on very much over the first three weeks of the season to see where's this Eagles team scoring points and how, because they certainly have the firepower to do it. So if they're not doing it, it's going to show you that impact that coordinator had on that football team. Mark, have a wonderful weekend. Really appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Doug, thanks for having me on, buddy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.